0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode from Setting the Tone. Welcome to our Christmas special featuring Hannah Wickland. Want to know more? Stick around and tell you all about that after this. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Setting the Tone's Hannah Wickland special. I wanted to give you a gift, so from setting the tone to you out there, the, the fans, the listeners, welcome to our Hannah Wickman Wickham special. Um, simply today's episode will include, a, we'll be playing a track from the album The Prize, which is Hannah's sophomore album that comes out on the 12th of Jan next month in 2024. Here is Helen in the hallway and then we'll be going straight into our interview with Hannah.
1: There's a better world out there that you're keeping me from.
0: This is Setting there, Hannah. Where are you at? Is that home or is that on tour?
1: Yes, I am home after after a nice long run. <laughs> I am back home.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to join us on Setting the Tone. Welcome. Um, obviously we're going to talk about the prize, which is uh the follow-up to your self-titled album, which comes out next month. I can't believe we're yeah. talking January 24th. That's crazy. Um that If you wouldn't mind, Hannah, talk me through the journey. How did the prize come together? And how did you go about putting the ideas, lyrical themes for the album?
1: Well, I pretty much wrote this whole record in the span of about five, six months um, between like the end of 2018, like I'd say, like August 2018. uh, And the last song, The Price, the title track was written in January of 2019. So this record has, um, it's been a long process. Um, The writing of it was actually the easiest part. Um, and when it comes to like, you know, the, the overarching theme that pretty much came about, which was the passing of the baton from girlhood to womanhood. It's really about that transition, about some of the harder life lessons that come with, you know, having your first uh, relationship breakups and having your first business breakups. And then also just uh, kind of touching on the conversations um, that I started to have to have with myself, um, which is really, you know, the prize is the pinnacle of like the the relationship I have with myself. Um, and so, you know, that was, uh, they were all written as individual songs. And I consider this record to kind of just be like a little snapshot in time, like a little time capsule of what was running through my head at the age of, uh, gosh, I guess I was like 21. I was 21 when I wrote this record. Um, but yeah, I think the, you know, the path to actually you know, recording it. And then once the album was recorded, then, then the path of getting it released, um, those were, those were whole other journeys in themselves. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a very full experience. I'll just say.
0: In terms of, um, leveling up, doing things differently, what have you tried to do different on the prize as opposed to your self titled album?
1: There's a lot done differently. Um, you know, my self-titled record that I put out was very much in the vein of the type of recording that I had done as a teenager because I had done records when I was younger. And um, and that was more of like the shoestring budget. We have 10 days in the studio. My last record was literally recorded in 10 days. Um, and this record just based on like principle was completely different. Um, I think that we worked on it over the span of like nine to 10 months. Um, and so the approach was just a lot more, uh, explorative and we had time in the studio to try new things. And it was a little bit more of a, um, a far less pressure in the studio, um, so that, that I think begot some very interesting moments when it comes to the music, because the songs were quite realized going into the studio, but, um, we really got to play around with the production, um, more so than I'd ever had the chance to before. And, um, I think that one of my proudest, uh, evolvements, or as you you know said, leveling up moments was having strings on my record. Mm. Um, I had never heard my music. Uh, I'd never played with, you know, any, any stringed instrument. Um, and I think that hearing, well, not, I think when I heard the prize, the title track for the first time, after we had added the epic quartet and uh, this beautiful arrangement that Sam and uh, this woman named Kristen worked on, and I'm drawing a blank on her last name, but um, I was falling like a baby. I just could not keep it in. I was just crying cuz it was just this like totally different way of hearing myself. Um and and it was I think like the most fully realized version of my music I I had ever gotten to the point of. So, it was it's been a really really cool record to work on.
0: Cool. I think you've hit on some keywords there in terms of time and um you know trying different things you know bringing in strings I think I don't know if there are things that you'd like to take forward on the next um body of work but I, I suppose that gives you a different way of looking at things going forward
1: oh it it, it opens things up quite tremendously because you know when I was like 12 14 15 making my records um you know my dad was a, a really heavy influence for me and and but his His kind of recommendation at that point was to, you know, I was playing in a power trio, so it was more like, it was more so in the studio, we were just trying to capture what we sounded like live. Um, And this record was the very first time that I was willing to go into the studio and, and follow the song and not be like, okay, but how am I supposed to recreate this live? Like I can't afford to bring a quartet on the road with me, you know? So in the past I might've just, you know, not have even thought of that. And, um, so I think like moving forward, the the biggest takeaway from this record is to have fun in the studio, um, and to not be so caught up in the, um, you know, the regurgitation or like the live version, because the live version is always gonna sound different and you can always do cool live versions of anything. Um but in hindsight, you know, the music that really influenced me a lot was like Edda James and ELO and you know some of these more like grand, like it's just a little bit more grand grandiose music basically and it's mm. got the strings in it and it and it's, can take you through a little bit more of a journey sonically um so yeah I think I think I'm I think I'm excited to explore even more on the next one
0: cool in terms of when you set out to make the prize did you have a conversation with yourself with anyone around you going self-talk was great but how do I go about making the prize even better? Was it just like you say, just having more time in the studio to play around with things or did you kind of have like a pre-plan?
1: I didn't think about it in that way. Um, for me, for me, I, I just kind of, there was a lot of pressure from the like industry side of things. And there was a lot of um, a lot of opinions, especially after my last record, um, Hannah Wickland and the Steppenstones came out. There was a lot of, uh, conversations with people where they were really trying to influence me on, um, you know, what direction to take things or, you know, just amplifying up the importance of the follow, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I had to very willfully just like, cause after having other people's opinions ruminate around in your brain, when you sit down to write music after a while, you just have to take, you have to like push it all out again. And so that's kind of what I did sitting down to write this record. Um, I just wrote songs that made me feel good. And I chose not to chase anything. Um, I chose not to you know, Bomb Through the Breeze was the biggest, you know, the biggest song off of my last record. And in no way, shape or form was I thinking that I should write a song like that, you know, like I I was very much excited to do the next phase of things. Um, and so the prize came really naturally. Um, you know, I consider myself to be a, a like a, a fairly authentic artist in terms of you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing what's coming from my brain and my heart, as opposed to following trends or trying to, to outthink a project, you know?
0: That that, that leads me on nicely to him in, in terms of how do you adjust your mindset? I think you've, you know, you've clearly touched on it there with trying to block out any outside influences and believing in what you feel is right. And I can't imagine. As that's an that's got to be really really tough, right? You've got all these opinions, and some of them are probably really good. Some of them are probably really naff. Um, but ultimately, yeah. it's your decision, right? That's your your price of work
1: yeah it it is a it is very challenging especially at the age that i was um kind of coming into everything and you know that was one of the challenges of me you know i had wanted it to be a band for so long and then i found myself even with hannah Wicklin and the stepping stones it was just me at that point um i just didn't want to let go of the name the stepping stones i didn't want to let go of my you know my childhood band that i thought i was gonna have until i was 90 you know and so um I I found myself like, yeah, I was just like 18, 19, 20, just like in all these different meetings, all different sides of the industry. Um and it was so uh asphyxiating you know, like I had been so sure of who I was as a, as like a 16 year old. Like I, I honestly have been on like a path to just getting back to my 16 year old visceral self that was like doing it myself. I didn't have a manager. I was my own booking agent. I carved my own path from a young age. And then I kind of lost that identity because when you enter into the music business and when I was 18, I started having all of these big, you know, managers and I got like signed to like one of the largest talent agencies and all, all of like the, the things that I had been building meticulously, all of a sudden I basically handed over to other people. And, and, um, I thought that that meant I was, you know, hot shit and my shit was, you know, going and that my snowball was going. And, um, that ended up being, you know, a very necessary step for me because, um, that is how a lot of artists in the industry's careers are held and developed. But that was not working for me. It was not working for me at all because not only, Do I have my music, but I am also a visual artist and I also have aspirations in film and television and I have, um, you know, longer life goals that, you know, involve helping people and telling my story in a different way. So I think that um, I think that I was the only person who really could see my my eagle eye perspective of my whole career. And so through this record and and I have, I actually had, you know, a handful of different managers, um, throughout the making of the prize. And I found myself, uh, it'll, it'll have been a year early next year, but I decided I was going to self-manage and self release, and I do not regret those decisions in the slightest. So my mindset really came full circle with this record, I think. And and as far as me wanting to like just get back to that sixteen year old version of myself, where like, except now even better because I'm twenty six and I have the excitement over my career again, which was something that you know kind of got lost there for a few years. Um, I have the excitement but I also now have the wisdom of the industry and I have the wisdom of certain certain areas that I've already lived that now I can kind of combine back in with that um excitement and eagerness and uh and I can just do different things now. Uh so it's so yes it's it's been a huge mindset uh change. I'm I'm actually very actively in a in a phase of my life where I'm I'm basically reframing. That's the word that has been coming up for me a lot lately is reframing things because um, I could look at this record in a parallel universe was supposed to be out in March of last year. Um, and we're almost at the end of this year. So that was it was supposed to be out in March of 2022. So it will have almost come out two years behind what It could have, you know, and so, um, but if if that hadn't happened, if I hadn't had those obstacles kind of put in the way, then I wouldn't have um, done all of the paintings for the record because those came out of me having time on my hands, time that I didn't expect to have. And so instead of working on my next record when I didn't even know how the prize was going to be released, I basically doubled down on the prize and was like, no, these songs mean... So much to me, and I think that they'll mean something to other people. And I'd rather expand upon this world and prove to people why this is worth their attention than to just give up and go on to the next.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Really, really empowering message. That, like you say, for you, that was your your path that you had to take back control, so to speak. I appreciate for other people it works differently, but everyone's different, right? It's different. Different. So really cool. Um. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you took a lot of inspiration from this particular record, you know, through stuff like Womanhood and just things that growing up. Where do you tend to pull inspiration from in general? Is it that particular topic or is there other many topics that you can take inspiration from?
1: I take inspiration from a very, very large swath of places. Um, I am, you know, I, I really love reading and I love taking in other people's stories and how how they kind of influence how I think about my life. And, you know, this record is so introspective. Um, it's mostly, I think it's almost all, like every song for the most part is, it's very introspective. It's a very me-centered record. And, um, you know, I have songs and I have like the next batch of songs in the works, but lyrically, I definitely have not um, I haven't necessarily, necessarily carved out the next, the next theme. And I usually don't do it as like a whole, it's usually just how each songs, you know, kind of start piecing together and forming their own kind of, uh, picture. But, um, I definitely see myself, especially because I'm in such a happy place that I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Um, and as a songwriter, usually I, I write from pain. so. Um, I know I'm I will always have that introspective quality but I am hoping to be able to draw inspiration and and maybe touch on some things that are a little bit bigger than myself um, in the next you know couple of albums and in the next few years and and uh, you know you can only write about yourself for so long
0: (laughs) (laughs) is there a a particular section or a song on the album that you go back and just go wow that's I hit the nail on the head there that was perfect I'm really proud of that particular song or that section on the album
1: to be honest the whole record I would not change one thing I absolutely love this record I tell people and I I better be careful because I'm about to be 27 but if I were to die tomorrow um and the prize was the last piece of work that you know i had put out or it was the the thing that people could know me by for the rest of time you know i would be very very content with that um but if i had to choose one moment on the record i think that the bridge on the final track sun to sun um i'm saying you know take a little take a lot of my soul and i'm just kind of belting that out and i think that that moment every time i hear it um, you know, it kind of, it kind of hits me in the feels. So I think that's a, a a very um epic moment, if I may say so
0: myself. What I'm about to say, I mean, with the greatest respect. I hadn't heard of yourself prior to uh, David um, from your PR reaching out to me saying, Hey, I've got Hannah here. What do you reckon to the album? And I was like, do you know what? Let's give this a listen. And thank you so so much because the album is i think you i hope you've seen what i've commented on your socials i've I described it as a warm fuzzy feeling
1: um,
0: it's just so so nice Hannah. it's so powerful and this journey so thank you for i appreciate not everyone's heard it yet <laughs> they will do in a, in a few weeks. it's such a good album and i think it's going to be a hidden gem i think for a lot of people in 2024 when they finally get around to it
1: thank you i that means a lot it's uh it feels really good that even though, you know, because no major label, I haven't had a bunch of marketing money behind, you know, it's really been a shoestring kind of uh, kind of operation thus far. But, um, you know, hearing that it has made impact for you and that you're you're already anticipating that, you know, people who come across it next year are going to feel the same way. That makes that makes me really happy and very appreciative of you you know, taking a taking a chance and listening to it. So, thank you so
0: much. What what have we got to lose? This you know, we've all got Spotify and Apple, and I keep saying to everyone, it's ten pound, whatever it is, a month. Throw mm-hmm. something in. If you don't like it, take it out. Nothing's lost. You know, if you don't try. Mm-hmm. I think something that people might not be aware, of, and I wasn't aware until I read the um, the press notes, that Sam and Daniel from um, Greta Van Fleet have mm-hmm. produced, helped produce, and uh, Daniel plays drums on the album. What was that like and how did that come together? That's a very different world, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I respected what they were doing uh, as a band immediately. I think that when they kind of came out onto uh, the scene, um, I noticed right away how many young people and especially how many young women were getting into rock and roll because of them. Um, and kind of discovering that they loved rock and roll for the first time through this band, um, which that's kind of one been what I have been saying for a long time is because being in rock and roll, um, and, you know, I was taking, I was taking meetings in 2015, 2016, 2017, you know, and like before they were, you know, doing something and, everyone was in the industry naysaying rock and roll so hardcore and they were like this like bright spot that we I had been trying to say like no people like rock and roll young people like rock and roll they just aren't given the opportunity to get into Mm it and um so here they came along and I was it was it was a really empowering moment as a rock and roll artist to be like okay see if they can do it So, um, so yeah, so we actually, uh, I had the same manager as them for, uh, for some time for about a year and, uh, a year and change. And that's how Sam and I met. Um, it was time for me to go into the studio and I had met with, uh, quite a few different producers, Phil, Phil Eck, who did my, uh, Ohio and Psychobabble, these two singles that I released, um you know, I met with him, Howard Benson wanted to produce it. Um, a handful of other more notable, like older guys out in LA, um, I had spoken with and I had just not gotten the warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, you know, I just didn't really feel like that was going to be the right vibe and somebody, I needed somebody to care about these songs, um, the way that I did. And, so it was, uh, it was just a little bit of an idea. Sam and I um, just kind of met up for coffee and then we went into the studio one day and um, kind of messed around. And it was, it was so much fun because again, I had wanted to be part, I would had wanted to have a band for so long. And all of a sudden for the first time in years, I felt like I was just like w- hanging out with my band. And Sam was, you know, well, he still is. He's two years younger than me. Um, and I had always been the baby in the room. I had been, I had skipped grades. I graduated high school at 16. I'd been touring since I, you know, so like I was used to being the young one and, um, it was really, uh, a breath of fresh air having some young people around me who loved rock and roll, who cared about what we were doing, and just kind of made it fun. Um, that was my favorite part about working with Sam um, and Daniel. But Sam and I, you know, we we did the bulk of the record, uh, just the two of us. And um, yeah, and he's he's my uh, he's my favorite. He's my favorite person. Uh, I got I got I got more than him as a producer, as it turns out. Uh, so. So, yes. I, the prize brought me many, many gifts, and Sam was one of them.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. What's what you? How are you feeling? What are your emotions like heading into twenty-four with the uh, the album literally around the corner? Excitement, and I guess it's one of those things, right?
1: I am. I am. This is. This is. I think I said it already once before, but this is the happiest I have ever been in my life. Um, I feel finally in my adulthood like i'm in control of my own career um i am about to release uh my favorite piece of art that i have ever created um with my favorite person ever you know and i'm i'm like i'm overwhelmingly grateful for everything that has transpired um the good bad and the ugly i think that you know, there's been a lot of big emotions tied to getting this record out. And the fact that it is right around the corner, and we're starting out the year this way is like, I am relieved. I'm excited. I'm grateful. And I am um, very curious to, to see how the next year goes. I think that um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So
0: Awesome. You mentioned at the start of the interview that you've just been you've just got home. You have been one very busy lady the last few weeks. You've been out on the road with Greta Van Fleet and uh, I, I think you might have done a couple of your own shows. How has the last few weeks been touring, been on the road?
1: Oh, it was fantastic. It was uh yeah, playing playing venues like that. Um in Europe was a far cry from the first time I toured in 2017 and I was playing these tiny, tiny clubs. And I was literally sleeping, um, on top of gas stations, um, sleeping at the venues. Like it's, uh, I think that this, this last month of touring was, um, was quite special in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always loved touring in Europe and the UK. This was my third time over there. And, um, yeah, I think that you know I can't wait to return next year. And and now that I've now that I've been touring again, I'm I'm very happy to be staying on the road and staying busy next year. So
0: awesome. Absolutely. Just some fun um questions to kind of close out our time together. Um what's obviously what's next for yourself other than touring? As you just mentioned there, with the album release. Have we have we got any um I don't know, maybe special shows or any sort of events that that your fans can look forward to with the album?
1: Well, I am planning on doing a, uh, I'm going to be doing an album release day, like kind of zoom question. Um, It's not going to be a zoom. I think maybe we'll do it on like discord. We're still figuring out the whole thing, but we are going to do some kind of special online um, album release day hang. Um, I am obviously doing the hell in the hallway world tour uh, which I'm, I'm hoping we'll be, you know, we'll be adding more, more legs to that over the course of the next year, you know? And, um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to do some kind of special shows in in the fall that might tie in the artwork of the prize a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that a lot of stuff is to come. Um, but for right now I'm I'm focused on the Helen Hallway World Tour.
0: Absolutely fine. Uh what was the last album you listened to?
1: Oh, what was the last album I listened to? I drove I was in the car for like 14 hours, like two days ago. And I think that the last record I listened to was Well, I know I started out the drive by listening to it last by Etta James. That's one of my all time favorite records. Um, and I think the last record, though, was a Cheryl Crow record. I think it was Come On, Come On, Sheryl Crow.
0: Um, Christmas is literally around the corner. So if you could choose anyone to get a secret Santa gift for, who would you choose and what would the gift be?
1: oh to to give a gift to
0: get, to give a oh. gift oh. oh gosh! that's a good one
1: I'm really inclined to say i guess I guess it'd be pretty fun to buy buy my parents like a, a really awesome classical car my mom loves mustangs uh her dad had one so maybe maybe i if i if my if my santa bill was super if i had a bunch of money to spend i'd buy my mom a mustang how about that
0: that's pretty cool that is pretty yeah. cool um if you could cover a christmas song. What song would you cover? What Christmas song?
1: Um, I think I would cover Tom Petty's Christmas song, which I think is called uh, Christmas All Over Again or something. It's, but it's Christmas all over again. I don't remember the name of it, but Tom, Tom's song.
0: Tom, Tom's called cool to cover anyway, so why not? Absolutely.
1: Oh, is it, maybe he covered it. Maybe it's a cover of a cover. I don't even know.
0: Now you've got me thinking. I'm going to have to go away after this and have a look, do some research. Uh-huh. Um, and then very lastly, I like to ask this word because it's quite a soppy and emotional question, but what makes music so special for you?
1: Oh, well, I think that music is so special because whether you're listening to it um, or for me, especially when I am playing it, uh, it's, it allows you to have, you know, like an emotional release or to express yourself in ways that you didn't even know you needed to express yourself. in. I think that, um, that's why I love jamming. Uh, and like, I usually, a lot of the times opened up my, and especially in the last like 10 years, I would open up all of my shows with like a jam and just like play guitar in order to get me in the mood and i think that it's just this like open time and space where whatever you're feeling literally whatever you're feeling in that moment is expressed through music and um i think it's really nice that you don't always have to use your words to convey yeah. emotion
0: I true yeah and i wish thank you very much i wish you all the best for the prize everyone the prize is out it's out january 2024 go and stream buy it buy it physically personally buy it physically because with that artwork i think you're going to want it on vinyl
1: Wow, oh, thank you i would yeah. i'd love if you ran out and grabbed it in a in a record store that'd be awesome
0: yeah definitely and all the very best and hopefully catch you on a, a show winner uh, next year hopefully on another leg
1: That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Rob.
0: Thank you. Merry Christmas. Have a good New Year as well.
1: Happy New Year to you too.
0: It's it's still early, but it'll be here.
1: (laughs) Well, it's coming.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Thank you. Take care, Hannah. All the best. Bye-bye. So that was Hannah Wickland. I want to give a massive shout out to a couple of people. Firstly, Hannah, thank you for your time once again for sitting down with me on Setting the Tone to discuss your upcoming album, The Prize, which is out on the 12th of January 2024. Also want to give a massive shout out to David from Willful Publicity for whom has helped put this one together. Um, Thank you once again, David, to you for your time and help and support and I want to give a massive shout out to each and every single one of you who have tuned in will be for 30 seconds or a whole entire episode and you've heard what I've had to say in 2023 thank you very very much from the bottom of my heart Um, the prize like I say is out on the 12th of January and I urge you all to go and check it out whether you're streaming um, downloading it or you're buying a physical copy, go and check out the prize. I think it is going to be one of the hidden gems of 2024. It's an absolute great album, and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I have listened to it over the last few weeks. And um, that's all for me from 2023. Uh, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I can't thank you all enough for your support. Um, without you guys and girls tuning in, listening to these episodes, then they would be pointless making them, so thank you. If you are in a band or an artist, uh, whether it be you've got an album, EP, single, a tour, or you're starting up as a band or an artist and you wish to come on the show to talk about that, you can do so. Please feel free to reach out to me at stt-settingthetoneoutlook.com. Or you can f- reach out via social media, and we're on Facebook and Instagram, and the handle is Set in the Tone uk podcast And I'll do my very best to see if we can get you on the show to talk about what you've got coming up. Again, that's all for me in 2023 here's to 2024 i wish you all a great christmas and a happy new year i hope everything comes to you all that you all you know you're all building for and you're hoping for i hope you all have a successful 2024 once again thank you very much bye-bye for now